0: The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language.
1: Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Man, we got some cool episodes coming up, huh, Danny? We always get lucky and get some really cool guests. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be rolling out the uh, segment here with Nick Pregnitz now doing some different podcasting with us. I think that's going to go really cool. So Mondays, you, you listeners will be able to listen to just Nick talking about Oh, well, whatever the hell Nick wants to talk about, really. Yeah. I was Danny, you're coming up on the first episode with that segment, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we did the interview already. It was really fun, very informative, and I had a lot of fun doing it.
1: Yeah, you guys got balls deep into talking about clean sweep. I like that. Uh, we also keep talking about PSP. We're going to have those guys back on. Steven Peters will be uh, dispelling and giving some Six O myths. That'll be coming up in the near future. Sled pulling. We got some surprise guests for sled pulling. I've got, I've got a few feelers out there. Uh, if any of you are into sled pulling 2530 or open class and you'd like to be on the show, please shoot me an email, paul at duramaxtuner.com. We'll make sure we get you scheduled right in there. Uh, as of today, though, what do you think, Danny? you pretty excited about this one? We've got some friends from up north on Ab- the line. Absolutely. Danny and I have been watching every video we could find on Blown Smoke uh, with Brian Spooner and Jamie Stajanowski. How's it going, guys?
3: Good going good
1: guys absolutely uh brian yes sir excellent okay i'm trying to let the listeners know what your voice sounds like and then jamie what do you sound like
0: uh, this is me here
1: absolutely pretty easy to tell the difference now you guys have been working on this truck that is all new to the diesel scene is that right
0: yes we've been working on it since uh, basically the end of 2013
1: Oh, wow. Okay, now you can get online and you can look up any video you want about blowing smoke. Uh, it's probably one of the coolest looking trucks on the NHRDA circuit, but what's really amazing about it is under the hood. And we're going to dive real deep into that and ask these guys all the questions we can. Uh, but first, I always like to ask Brian if you could tell me what got you into diesel performance.
3: Oh, you know, just like any typical young guy, well, only I was older, must have been out, almost having a midlife crisis already. But uh, just bought a Duramax and uh, stopped by JNR. He was doing Jamie was doing all my uh, all my other work on my on my company vehicles and stuff. And yeah, talked me into putting a programmer in, and it just evolved from there.
2: And Jamie, um, how did you get started? If you don't mind us asking,
0: um, I basically have owned a shop for 16 years. Um, started out actually as an import tech. And then uh, as we evolved, we hired some diesel techs and we had lots of fleet here in Lloyd Minster. So basically got into the diesel, uh, started out with trying pretty much every programmer that walked through the door into something, whether it be Chevy, Dodge or Ford, um, you know, stacking stuff. Uh, we were kind of one of the first ones that tried to put nitrous on stuff before there were nitrous kits. Um, Bob was a technician of mine back in the day there, and him and I, something would walk in the door that was new, and we would go put on something and go for a drive and see what it did. And uh, we just basically started out with that. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> the race in Edmonton. Um, the one that NADP used to put on, we would always gear up for that. And uh, we're talking a lot of years ago. So before, you know, even EFI Live and stuff was around, we were out doing this stuff, trying to. And, and you know, we're not really knowing what we were doing, just adding stuff to see what worked and what didn't and, and moving forward from there. So
1: That is awesome. How much fun. And it, and it always seems like everybody gets started the same way. Like, yeah, we were just messing around. Like, yeah, I just want to throw a tuner on it.
2: One of the guys asked us today that we work with, "Tell me a little bit about your guest and what kind of truck this blown smoke is." And I was at a loss for words, Paul. I, how do you describe this thing? Absolutely.
1: Can you <laughs> can you maybe give a your elevator pitch here, or, or just give us a basic description? What's so different about blown smoke?
3: Well, the major difference. We took a top fuel motor, 500 inch, Brad Anderson, and. Uh, when we originally did it we had some custom-made heads designed by Curtis from Extreme Engine Development and it was quite a process figuring it all out and basically you know did a four-valve head from his design and put a blower on it and uh, hope we can make it work and I mean we've it's been trying times, you know. We're, we've had some success. We're spending lots of time on the dyno, and it, it's a big project. And we've uh, since changed engine builders here. Just logistics was a big part of it. You know, Calgary is five hours away for us, and yeah, we just we found another guy, uh, Rich out of RPS Diesel, just north of Edmonton there, and we've been doing doing really well with him we got a whole new idea everybody told us we're crazy this winter we're actually running conventional hemi heads right now with hemi pistons and all you know off the shelf rocker gear stuff you could buy from any pro mod guy who runs blown alcohol stuff and yet you know we've been doing lots of r and d taking our time with it doing lots of dyno time doing lots of figuring stuff out checking Spray patterns, obviously, you know, it's with the Hemi head and Hemi piston design. Nobody thought it could be done, and we're doing it this year. And yeah, it's it's uh, pretty unique, all right. And I think it, I think it's going to work well.
1: So, so just a recap for our listeners who are a little bit newer to engine builds and diesel. Th- this started as a Hemi block with Duramax heads.
0: Not Duramax head, Duramax design head. Like Brian was saying, the difference between what we're doing and what everybody else is doing is people are taking off-the-shelf diesel trucks, um, you know, putting forged components in them, um, making the blocks. You know, whether they go into a billet block or something like that, um, and they're making it work and they're building big power and doing everything. What we're doing, our design or our thought was let's take a 4,000 horsepower alcohol engine or base and let's convert it over to diesel so that we get some longevity and some life out of it. Um, and uh, about, like Brian was saying, we had some uh, ups and downs and some, uh, you know, curveballs thrown at us, but ideally that that's our, our design on it is let's Let's uh, let's start with a base that we know and we've seen very successful in the racing world and let's move it forward. Let's not take a diesel engine that is designed for pulling and driving and that sort of thing and uh, you know try to build excessive more horsepower out of it. So kind of a different design concept than everything else. Um, a little bit of out of the box reinventing the wheel but that's the main difference that we're doing. The other difference is obviously running the supercharger
2: on it that is really cool because when uh my co-worker asked me what kind of truck this was that's not the response i gave him i said just watch this video <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely and guys real quick we're going to hear uh
1: from our sponsors real shortly pardon the interruption i'm nick with calibrated power solutions the leading north american developer of clean diesel power home of duramaxtuner.com I want to tell you about our Duramax Power Packs, the DT530 for the LB7, LLY, and LBZ. These Power Packs come with all the parts you need to make a safe, reliable 530 horsepower, including our DT750 built transmission. If you want to take your truck to the next level, 650 horsepower or higher, everything you bought in the DT530 Power Pack will give you the platform to build on, so you won't have to replace anything or spend your money twice. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com. Click on the truck and then select a power pack or call 815-568-7920. And that's 815-568-7920. Now, back to the podcast. Now that we know a little bit more about what's the base of this truck, maybe you can help me understand the build and the rest of it a little more. Can you walk me through the power setup here? What do you have for injectors, turbo, pump? What makes this thing go?
0: So we're running S&S. Um, injectors. We're running uh, four CP3 pumps, uh, Bosch standalone, um, computer system controls it all, um, basically scorpion rails, um, anything and everything that would kind of fit was changed a little bit. So, yeah, we do have some Ford parts in there. Um, we uh, basically... Fuel injection-wise, Andrew from SNS um, with the Bosch Motorsports stuff uh, started us with, like I said, right when we started with uh, Curtis, um, got it to the base where it was running, and then myself along with Andrew helping um, have tuned it to this far with the standalone, the Bosch standalone. Um, the injectors have a unique spray pattern because of the combustion chamber, so they're totally custom. Um, it, pretty much the whole system is... Is a, is a redesign of what's on the shelf today.
2: The setup that you guys have with all the pulleys, it is very, very awesome just to see how you guys set that up. And I encourage all of our listeners to check our link that we'll put on this episode. Absolutely.
1: Can you walk me through the thought process on the blower? How are we getting air into this motor?
0: Um, so the blower is basically just exactly what it is. It's a root-style blower. Um Screw-style screw blower, it uh, basically it builds about um, 15 pounds of boost just at idle um, and about 60 pounds of boost at wide-open throttle and uh, works like any other um, that you would see on, like, an alcohol car or, you know, even, like, say, the Edelbrock uh, chargers and stuff that are uh, on your, your regular vehicles. Um, there, there is no intercooler. Um, you know, there are no boots to blow off. There are nothing like that. So,
1: Okay. So, I mean, for how technical it is, I mean, a pretty simple concept, right?
0: It is. Um, we're learning as we're going through uh, with this. System that uh, there are reasons why people do what they do in the blower world, which um, we're diesel guys, so um, we've been really learning the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, 100 PSI boost versus 60 PSI boost uh, isn't necessarily a better thing, um, things like that. So uh, lots of growing pains, lots of different um, designs around it uh to make it work but uh you know like uh, ryan was saying before we're we're moving forward every time we take it to the dyno and 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 do something different it's putting us in another direction so
2: just keep in mind that anybody that's doing something that nobody's ever done before they're trying to reinvent the wheel even if you fall flat on your face you're still moving forward Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think that's a really good
1: lesson to be learned here is that this is something, Jamie, like you had said, you've always been testing. You've always been throwing new parts at it and kind of waiting to see what happens. And Brian, it sounds like you've been really involved on continuously improving the process here with the truck. Walk me through some of the changes that have happened over the years here.
3: Um, I mean, basically we started out with a basic concept. We're running uh, dual CP3 pumps. They were strokers and Again, you know, when you run into a problem with them things, they're hard to get. They're expensive as hell. So we just thought, you know what, we could use a little more fuel if we can achieve our horsepower we're looking for. We needed a little more fuel anyways. So we've we've upgraded that. We've, uh, We've got as many sensors in the thing as we can. I mean, from day one, we've slowly evolved and we're trying to monitor everything we can on there to... You know, obviously, when you make a mistake somewhere, it costs you money. So it's nice to be able to do something and record some data and maybe catch it before it happens. Other than that, we tried a couple things. We've uh, we tried putting a bigger, bigger pulley on the off the crank, spin the blower a little quicker. We're concerned that maybe we weren't making enough RPM compared to the alcohol guys to run the blower in its efficiency range. But really, we found that. You know, we're at 50 to 60 pounds of PSI, and that's all we need to, to do what we're doing. Um, other than that, just constantly trying to improve on parts, you know, just trying to keep it out of the shop. <laughs> better
2: parts you guys <laughs> put at
3: it.
0: And, yeah. Probably the biggest re- our redesign was we went from the four-valve um, custom billet head that Curtis Halverson designed and built for us. Um, we've moved, went away from that and went to, and we mentioned, we touched on this a little bit before, but went to basically the Hemi style head um, with an injector in it and uh, a different, a different design in the cylinder. So. Um, kind of almost a complete redesign combustion wise yeah. um, but uh, and stuff that people had said never could work. Um, you can't you can't do that. Um, and we've proven that diesel doesn't under, doesn't know whether the cylinder is upside down or not. Um, <laughs> it still will fire and burn. Um, but you know we still haven't proven anything until we get to the track and, and put some numbers down.
2: So. Well
1: why did you guys make that change? what What was the motivator there?
0: Uh, basically our cylinder heads we were running into the billet aluminum um, heats getting so warm that the, uh, you, we would lose seats after a while. We'd make two or three passes. Um, the aluminum would heat soak and then soften and then the valves would the uh, valve seats would move around and then we would lose seat and then we'd lose compression. okay um, So then it was basically a tear down heads off you know, reseat, put it back together. And uh, just over time, we're realizing that the, the valves were just too close together and we couldn't get the heat dispersion away that's why we went back to the two, or went to a two-valve head that are angled like the hemi, and there's a much more aluminum in there, um, so the heatsink will be way better. And again, haven't had a full year on it or anything, so this is all speculation. But uh, assuming we're going to be able to keep the heat away enough that we're not going to run into issues like that,
1: have you gotten to run the new setup?
0: Um, We've done a bunch of dino pulls, um, haven't made it to the track yet. We did uh, in 2014 uh, or 2015. Uh, We ran a bunch of times, and we'd get to the track and run, and then we'd have those valve issues, that sort of thing. Uh, This year, we thought we'd try to be a little bit smarter, get it to the dyno and put as many passes as we possibly can on it, Uh, get it hot, get it warmed up, get it tore down, see if the spray pattern's right, see if everything's looking good before we just take it and blast it down the track and have a a catastrophic failure that puts (laughs) us out for the whole year. So has it been down the track with this new design? No. Has it been on the dyno? Yes, several, several times.
1: You know, Jamie, I remember when you guys were first got this thing together and you were getting it on the dyno, and I want to say the very first night you strapped it down, I can't remember either the the straps wouldn't hold it to the wheels or the wheels wouldn't spin fast enough to get a true dyno number. Have you guys gotten that dialed in? Are you able to get an accurate number on this at, at peak?
0: Um. You know what we? Every dyno that we have, nothing is really designed for the truck. The tires themselves aren't designed for the dyno. Um, Everything that we have done have been half-passes, mini-passes, working on timing tables, fuel delivery, um, air temperatures, that sort of thing. Um, So for a a peak number to brag about, um, nothing that's really even worth bragging about at this point, to be honest with you. Um, I can tell you that the future is bright and it looks good. Um, But, uh, no, we haven't actually, you know... Flatline laid it down to see what kind of number we, we get it on. The dyno that we're running, that we're doing the tuning on, is basically limited to about 1,200 horse, um, and so we're basically, like I said, we're more concerned with um, the, the heat that the blower's making, um, the, the timing table's getting that accurate so that uh, everything's right, the spray pattern to be correct, and, and just getting, get, getting everything set up right. Um, on kill, it'll be kill. Um, we don't really need to know that number. We'll see it at the track. But uh, we just want to make sure that everything, it, baby steps, I guess, everything looks right as we're moving
1: forward. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it, like a really intense R&D project. So it makes sense to do it in stages and take your time and work out the small stuff when you can. I think a lot of people forget that dinos, most, most dinos made, are not designed to handle something that makes over 1,200 horsepower. I mean, that's just an insane amount of power for any normal person to have. There's only so many trucks even in the country now that still can do that. Uh, but Brian, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about drag racing. How long have you been racing, bud?
3: I uh, basically started in 08. You know, they'd go out, like Jamie said, they, we only had the one race to go to in Edmonton there, the uh, whatever they called it, August Blackout or whatever. So we'd go do that. And, you know, i got get maybe two or three races in a year, a couple local ones, and then we started get a little more serious about it in twenty ten we started we ended up putting a so called stroker in it, and things got a little more aggressive then it, the thing had a six inch lift kit in it and with a single turbo and and one of the guy's engines in there, we are dipping into the tens with it so we thought well, I guess it's either you know quit what doing where we're at and be happy with it or so that winter we uh Tore it down, put a lowering kit in it, and lightened it up a little bit. And in twenty, the end of twenty ten, we ended up getting lucky enough to win the world finals down in Topeka. So that just got us fired up a little harder. We uh, in twenty eleven, we ended up putting triples on it, and you know it was again a learning curve. We we're the first ones to put triples on it at the track, and but it ended up doing doing pretty well we're running mid nines with it by the time we ended up selling it to wade
2: if anybody's ever seen this truck go down the track what it reminds me of is a high horsepower boat in the river just hammered down leaves a wake of this black smoke it's just <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> yeah,
3: well I the, the triple turbo uh, truck when that's when still out, out there on the, track, the the crew at nhrda around these guys are A little concerned, they're going well geez you know if you're out in front of somebody how the hell are they going to see anything and uh, (laughs) (laughs) so but it's it's not that bad it blows it up high enough and talking to the other drivers it didn't seem to be too big a concern but you know we eventually we like to clean that up a little bit here and we're hoping to do that this year I mean it's still a diesel we still want to smoke a little bit some of the guys out there and some of the pro stuff they're I mean, I guess if you're spraying, spraying a fair bit of nitrous to it, it helps clean it up too. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely something different, you know. When you when you fire mm-hmm. it up, it's uh, not like any other diesels. I mean, you can hear that thing from a long ways away, and it it's pretty aggressive. I I just hope we can, you know, get get some respectable numbers out of it here moving forward. I know Jared's ran a, uh, I don't know what he ran a, 747 this year, so we got our work cut out for us yeah. gonna, and you know, some of the new stuff, Ross has Nova. It's going to be working well. There's, there's some other stuff coming along that if you want to stay in the game, we're going to have to start, start turning some better numbers here.
1: Well, I think that brings up a great question here, Brian is the NHRDA has certainly changed throughout the years. Like you said, in 2010, dipping into the nines you were able to take the world finals which congratulations by the way just two years after you start racing to take a world final is pretty huge yeah um but how have you seen the nhrda change how has the competition changed throughout the years
3: um you know what obviously there seems to be this thing going on between the east and the west right now that i wish we could get our shit figured out between us um yeah, you know, and obviously it's a wide, it's a wide country. It's hard to get everybody to every every event, but they got the outlaw things going now for the uh, pro street guys. And you know, when we can get good turnouts, it's unreal. Like the, what they're doing with Diesel TV now. You know, when Randy runs a a real professional show down there, the girls do an awesome job, and you know their their payouts are getting better and. Everything's well-organized, it's well-publicized, it's, you know, from since the beginning, it's definitely, definitely moved ahead, and it's it's not growing as much as I don't think Randy would like to see, just, again, we've got, I don't know why, but there's some sort of a division going on between the East and the West right now, If, if we could just, like I said, get it together and everybody work together and not have you know, races on the same weekend and stuff like that. It'd be nice to see a little more communication there between the two sides, but it is what it is. And we support the NHRDA, you know, as much as we can. Obviously this year with with a new truck, we didn't get down to the south like we would have wanted early in the year. And we just weren't quite ready um, to go to Denver. We really wanted to go there we plan on making four more races here and yeah i know randy likes it when we show up i mean you know obviously that the truck's loud and obnoxious and smoky and it's it's a crowd pleaser i mean there's no two ways about it it's something different in the diesel world so yeah i mean i just hope hope things keep going you know they've started in a new class with that 1090 class which i think is great because Super Street has just gone ridiculous, I and mean, we got out of it just in time, as far as I'm concerned. Some of them guys, you know, the XDP uh, guys there a couple weeks ago ran a 920, and there's just some ridiculous numbers coming out of those 6,000-pound trucks. So, oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's some pretty exciting racing. When you get a good turnout, it's it's pretty impressive, you know. Some of the uh, Pro Street guys, they're they're getting down mid to low eights and yeah it's it's pretty impressive there's a couple more rails going this year Wade's got his going you know when him and shide and everybody gets out there there's 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 a lot of fun to be had it's a really good good spectator sport if you know people take care and in some of their prep and uh, you know keep the well downs to a minimum but
2: speaking of prep we've kind of talked about how you guys prep your vehicle, but as a driver of this huge, badass vehicle, this rig, I would call it, what do you have to do mentally to prepare for a race?
3: Well, you do what you can. You know, basically, lots of the stuff. I took uh, Frank Holly drag racing school, and the guy, I learned a lot from him. The mental part of it is huge. There's a... Uh, you know, there's things you can control and things you can't control. So all I worry about is the things in the in the cab that I can control, right? Make sure go through my routine, try and cut a half decent light in which I'm, you know, getting a little bit better out of not really known for my great lights, but getting a little bit better and uh let the crew I've I've got a really confident crew out there that they do their job and let them do their thing. When something happens out there, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, you know, and before you go out, you're sitting in the pits and stuff. You sit in the vehicle and just try to run through the routine in your head. And yeah, it, the more seat time you get in there, it just becomes to be more of a habit.
1: What's the hardest part about learning how to drag race?
3: Um, remembering to turn the switches on. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we've been as a as a team, we've been pretty fortunate. Right from the road rage days to you know, even our first year with lone smoke, we've had pretty good success and I know there's a lot of drivers out there with a ton more seat time that, you know, with phenomenal rides that just for whatever reason had bad luck at the wrong time and, you know, we we've, we've been on the other end. We've we've been on the opportunity end of things and I don't have a ton of seat time in there. So just like Jamie said, you know, trying to make it a routine. You can close your eyes and do it in your sleep. And that's that's the hardest thing, just learning to make sure, you know, we, lots of times we drive a long ways. We go to get down to Texas a couple times a year. That's a better part of four days for us, you know, a good three and a half days. And uh, so you want to make sure as a driver you do everything you can to, to do your job. And, you know, every, it's a team effort for sure on our team. We've we got to... Core group of four or five guys and and yeah it's it takes everybody, you know, especially with a basically a pro mod truck like this, for whatever reason, as soon as we put that hemi engine in there, it shakes shit apart you're constantly <laughs> checking stuff, tightening lines, tightening bolts there's things coming loose that you just can't believe you wouldn't think would ever come loose, so everybody's on getting used to it, everybody's on top of what they have to do, and yeah
2: you got to keep your mind sharp, but one thing that I've learned drag racing personally is most drag racers that have been doing it for a long time are really humble, and people that aren't humble, I tell them, you need to go to the drag strip and spend some time, partner, because that'll humble yeah. your ass very fast.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? It's, it's one thing to have success, and uh, you know what? But you, you can never forget where you came from and who it took to get you— where you get to um yeah it's it is humbling you know just especially in the diesel drag racing world for whatever reason just when you think you got stuff figured out and you'll have a problem and you know whatever it's yeah you got to enjoy the good times but when when things aren't so good like this year you know we're really hoping we're, we've been to the track by now, but we haven't. And it's wearing on the guys a little bit here. You know, it's obviously a lot funner at the track. But we're we're hoping the start of the season is slow and we're going to finish off with a with making some noise this year is, you know, kind of what we're hoping for.
2: I don't think you guys will have that problem. <laughs> I mean, the truck <laughs> is... One thing I'd
0: like to add there is, Please. you know, we talk about our team and everything and how much work we've put into it. Um, but even just the diesel nation as a whole, like uh, we needed a drive shaft for road rage or we needed a welder. Um, someone came over and helped us out. Yeah, rock, um, when we needed yeah. when we needed uh, you know some tuning help, uh, people are there to help when we have um, they see something that's going on and they have an idea, um, people come over and tell, and we do too. Um, but it, it it's amazing how you know when you're in the finals, you're right against each other, but um, your hand shaking in the pits and exchanging secrets and passing stuff back and forth. It, it's a very, very close-knit group and uh, definitely wouldn't be what it is today if if it wasn't. If, if it didn't have, you know, uh, when we had a failure, somebody else had run into it and brought it up and said, hey, this is what we did to rectify it. Or, you know, I noticed your wheels are hopping and if you adjust this, this will fix it. And just things like that. And it, it's so amazing that the group, even though you're racing against them, and you could be even in the same division, they come over and give you a hand and help you and give you that. Um, that's, you know, that's really um, what this is about, in my opinion, is, um, you know, you get a lot of the, the groups where it's not like that. And uh, with NHRDA and, and the group that we have, we're, we're really thankful for having everybody, uh, everybody's support. Like, I mean, everybody's seen this truck, they come over, wow, it's awesome. You don't have the... The naysayers, everybody's cheering you on, uh, even if they're racing side by side. And same thing, you know, with Brian saying that we've got our competition, where we keep an eye on the competition, and they've got some beautiful rides and amazing rides. And and this, you know, this class is going to be insane in the next year. Um, And everybody has worked as hard, if not harder, on their stuff than, than we have. So.
1: Absolutely. Um, guys, I really appreciate you coming out. Before we let you go here, I always like to just touch base on what should we have asked that we didn't? What would you like to tell listeners?
3: You know what? I don't know. I think you guys covered it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. And we answer tons of questions all the time about the truck. We try to support everything as local as we can, the local sponsors and stuff. So we're used to you know, answering what we can. Obviously, it's something totally different that's never been done. And yeah, it's I. You know, a like guy can't plug the uh, NHRDA enough with Randy, and you know, without them, obviously, we'd we wouldn't be doing much. It, it'd be <laughs> pretty boring life in the race world for us. We've got to probably be running a pro mod alcohol deal or something like that. But Ugh. yeah, and all the all the guys, like Jamie said. A great bunch of guys, and and yeah, we're just going to continue to work hard and hopefully see some results this year. And you know, it's we're looking forward. We've we've got friendly rivalries going with uh, Jared and Brad now with the Batmobile, and and there's a couple other guys. You know, our engine builder there, Rich Mead of RPS, he's got a dragster just or sorry, a uh, an altar just about ready to go. And like Jamie said. This class is going to be crazy. There's some other stuff being built that it's, yeah, it's insane. There's, you're going to see, we're going to see a six-second door slammer sooner than later, that's for sure. I know that.
2: (laughs) Well, don't give up, fellas. We love hearing from you.
0: (laughs) You can always uh, follow um, blown Smoke on our uh, Facebook page, so it's Blown Smoke, B-L-O-W-N, Smoke. Uh, we've got all the videos and stuff, everything that we've videoed. Uh, you can go and you can talk to Brian right on there. If you, uh, if you send it, it goes right to his cell phone and he can see it and respond. So if anybody has any questions or anything in particular that we didn't touch base on, certainly feel free to go. Um, pictures, videos, anything that you guys are interested in, just let us know and, and we'll try and help out as much as we can. So...
1: Well, that wrapped up my next question of how people can get in contact with you, Jamie. If they want to reach out to you and ask you some questions, how do they reach you?
0: Um, they can call me uh, through the Canadian Diesel Online, uh, so it's our website. If they if they go on to Canadian Diesel Online, our toll free number's there. They can also email me uh, through that as well. It's sales at canadian diesel online ca, and uh, that as well comes directly to me. And uh, you know, we usually we have a 12-hour window or something as max for turnaround time to getting back to people.
1: So That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank yeah.
3: you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks
1: a lot. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of
0: DuramaxTutor.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated
1: Power develops emissions equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer
0: service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815 568 7920. That's 815 568 7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook. Or email
2: paul at duramaxtuner.com or danny at duramaxtuner.com. I tell them, you need to go to the drag strip and spend some time, partner, because that'll humble your ass very fast.